you just think we just, you know, whatever happens, we just shit another player. I, and everything's going to be perfect. All of our fans think that. You all think that. That's what you write about. You don't want to be here. There's a specific reason. Not really, you know, I think we did a poor job recruiting. If guys are coming in and immediately walking out the door because it was something different than what they thought it would be. And we lied to them during recruiting or we sold them on a dream that wasn't true. Is we want to be a big, fast, dominating, aggressive, relentless football team that nobody in the SEC wants to play. Now that's also a second in the West, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> Winning the SEC probably is harder than winning the national championship. Do you know that? Well, how about the fucking dogs? <laughs> hey, buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the pirate, and the pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State! Welcome in to the latest episode of that. SEC podcast presented by my bookie. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Hey, doing good here, Shane. Feeling great about the week. You know, we'll get around to it here, but. Hell, we've got more opt-ins this week in the SEC than we got opt-outs. I'm just, I'm feeling this momentum train going, baby. We're in week two of the training camp. I'm feeling good. It's going, baby. Can't slow us down. They, I mean, they did try to throw out that Bama thing out there for a little bit, but you know what? We shot that down because Scotland <laughs> wants Bama now. <laughs> hey, well, uh, before we get into the action here, I don't know if you saw this, Shane, but I had literally never heard this in my life and here we go mike leach coming to the sec dropping knowledge on us mm-hmm. you know we were waiting for this oddball comments from coach leach <laughs> we finally got one how to get rid of hiccups i always thought you just drank water but i know a lot of people that, that doesn't quite work for them if that's you coach leach has got a solution for you coach what is your cure for the hiccups uh okay swallow sugar um I've never heard that before. Uh, so, swallow sugar. I uh, I used to get them some as a kid. Um, you know, I think, uh, well, first of all, chew your food so you don't get a bunch of air in your chest. Uh, second of all, don't politely not burp. I mean, you know, go around the corner and let it rip. Let it out if you have to. to. Okay, I got it. And then, um, but, um, and, you know, start with water, but if that doesn't work, you uh, dump a spoonful of sugar down there. I found that that works. I haven't done it in years, but it really worked well for me. Uh, just dump it down there. It's almost like the granules fill the space up and finishes the deal off. What, what are the portions? Like how much sugar to the water? Uh, just a, 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 a teaspoon, I'd say. With a glass of water? Yeah, yeah, dump it in there, and then the water follows it, and it's almost like... Uh, it's almost like the way it feels to me, uh, the sugar kind of fills the air vacuum and the water washes it down there and, uh, you know, it gets, uh, you know, it all gets in line with everything else down there. So have you ever heard this before, Shane, drinking <laughs> sugar here with Kier's uh, hiccups? No, never, never. I, I do remember one time I was in fourth grade and, uh, and I didn't have the hiccups, but someone in class did, and they would not stop. 
for, I mean, it just went on and on for, for multiple minutes, you know, and of course we're kids, we're all making fun of this poor little guy. Then all of a sudden the teacher says, son, stand up. And he stands up and he says, if you hiccup one more time, I will give you $10. And you know, he didn't hiccup. And after that, I, I was like, man, that's the cure. But I've, I've never been able to stop them myself. But I just, I always remember that story. And if I'd known I just had to swallow some sugar, I think I would have been all right, Mike. You know, the science <laughs> adds up. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm just glad I had to get that info out there. I mean, uh, hiccups, that could be pretty damn annoying. And never, like I said, never have I heard that before. So that's the pirate dropping some knowledge. And, you know, speaking of that, Nick Saban, we always go to him from for some knowledge. We'll have some more comments from Coach Saban here in a minute. But I just thought this was great. He was asked, you know, does making the mask, does that change anything? Corona, all this, going to practice. And, hell, uh, old Saban's got him a sense of humor this year. He's, he talks about it here. You kind of touched on this in your opening, but after a week, just uh, being back at practice, how different is practice during a pandemic? What noticeable differences have you seen from a normal year? I don't see any difference. There's no difference for me except this thing around my neck I, that I wear that when I put up here, I can't seem to get the same emphasis that I'd like sometimes. You know, I mean, I look like Jesse James robbing a bank. Um, and I can't sort of get on people like I like to. Um, muffles the sound a little bit. So when we need to get it someone's attention, we have to come out of bank robber mode. All right, Chase, so when Coach wants to get his point across, he's got to go into robber mode. How about it? That's right. He pulls that thing down. I bet that thing hangs around his neck more than it does on his face. <laughs> he's got. I think you nailed got, that one. He's got Butch Jones over there. Hey, if you see a camera come out, let me know, and I'll put this thing back on. <laughs> hey, one other thing before we go around the league, just wanted to make this note for anybody that missed it. Not even sure if you saw this one, Shane, but uh, old Kurt Herbstreet was on Nashville radio station. I believe this was on Monday, and I think it was uh, the radio station 3HL or, or the uh, program 3HL. And he said, college game day, the plan right now, they're going to hit the road this year. Now, they they may or may not have fans. I don't know how that's going to work. They If they don't want fans, they may have to do it inside the stadium or something. But that's just a little bit more positivity and you know, this season is going to be unlike any we've ever seen, but I just love to hear news like this because, you know, the way we've seen a lot of these shows, you know, they're in the studio or they're from their home or something like that. But it's nice to hear that game day is committed, at least for now, to hitting the road. And we're sure we're going to see him plenty in the SEC this fall. Oh, I love it, man. Got to keep the tradition going. And what was it? The Washington flag? You know, it's got to... It's got to find its way to the game day, even though I, I hope they keep Lee Corso in a bubble, Mike. You know? <laughs> like bubble boy, just protect just protect the man, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. All right, buddy, you, you ready to go around the league? Hell yeah, let's do it. Now let's go now around, let's the go league. around the league. Uh, my, my daughters said something about me wearing a visor and need to put on a hat because I'm getting bald. So uh, I'm going to wear a hat from here on out. I mean, if you look over the next six years, I think we played Miami three times, Florida State six times, South Florida three times, Mississippi State once. 
So who's the SEC teams? You know, I mean, I don't think I think it's an injustice for the kids. They should we should mix those games up, and you should um, you know play more teams from the West. Why don't you start calling around and see if you can get somebody else to play us, and we'll play them. We'll play anybody you can get to play us. In Louisiana, hold on a second. Hey guys, hey, I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you. We hinted at this at the beginning of the show, but uh, we got another opt-in. You know, the, the Gators, we had a couple of Gators opt-in earlier this week. Now we got Vanderbilt, one of their better players, Dimitri Moore. He started every season there, rising junior, led the team in tackles. And tragically, his grandfather died, you know, during this whole coronavirus thing. I believe he had corona. So I'm sure that was weighing heavy on his heart, but... He says he's researched it and he's feeling better about playing. It's, you know, he thinks it's going to be fine and safe. And we've not all been affected quite like more of this disease. So that's kind of like what we were hitting at with these opt outs. Like everybody's got to make their individual decision and no one's experiences are, are the same. So we certainly don't hold it against him for saying he was not going to play. But I think it's just a further credit that uh you know playing football safe and being monitored Mm -hmm. all the time is really going to be something that hey if something i don't want to even say tragic but if if you know if you contracted hell they're going to find out immediately they're not going to put you out they're going to put you in isolation you're going to get tested constantly they're going to be monitoring you and so i i don't know i just think this is great and i'm just glad to see yet another player opting in for the season because I think that's just best sign yet that uh, the season's going ahead as as scheduled. Absolutely, man. And we're getting a lot of positive results around the SEC. It's not just Vanderbilt. You know, the, each campus is doing their job. And, you know, you, you, I've, I've heard several uh, several of them come out and said they've had zero cases, you know. Right. So the, the isolation seems to be working. The treatments seem to be working. The the just the the monitoring itself seems to be working. Uh, and it's not just the SEC. I, it's the NFL as well. Uh, there's mm-hmm. there. I think there's been very like one or two cases that have popped up in the NFL. So they're, they're able to keep these, these players safe. And that's the goal, you know, is to, to get through this season, but to get through the season with your players being healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, I mean, like I said, just the positivity's rolling today. I hope you can hear my voice, man. I'm fired up for it. <laughs> I'm uh, almost on beer too, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> let's keep going, baby. All right, let's jump on down to Baton Rouge next. Go Tigers. Where Coach O, you know, he had quite a bit to say here during his uh, Tuesday afternoon press conference. But, you know, I really wanted to isolate. You know, we, we got a little bit of drama in the SEC, Shane. I know we love it. The fans love it. But if you hadn't heard, you know, we all know that there's no recruiting going on. And when I say recruiting, you know, these coaches, they're allowed to contact the players. They're allowed to phone call, text. You know, uh, FaceTime, whatever you want to call it, that's all permitted, but they're not allowed to have them for official visits. And if they come to campus, the coaches are not allowed to interact with them. You know, you're not really supposed to have unofficial visits, really, or anything like that. The players can't go in the facility. Mm-hmm. However, recruits can on their own dime. You know, they can go visit a campus. You can't stop someone from visiting a college campus, but it's just not quite the same. I don't think they can meet with the you know ac- 
academic advisors or anything. So mm -hmm. it's still done, but we're starting to see over the weekend, for anybody that missed it, Georgia, they essentially had themselves a, a big-time recruiting weekend where <laughs> five-star California lineman Corey Foreman, he was in Athens. Uh, five-star Louisiana defensive lineman Mason Smith was in Athens. And this was in part put on by local Athens-based quarterback Brock Vandergriff, who's a Georgia commit, and a couple other Georgia commits, quote-unquote, hosted you know, these elite prospects, took them around campus. And you're starting to, you know, as long as these recruits are paying their way, there's no violations as long as the coaching staff didn't meet with them, no violations. But at the same time, Oklahoma did something similar. Well, I shouldn't say Oklahoma. Oklahoma commit Caleb Williams. Apparently he had himself, he hosted a bunch of recruits. And from what I understand, they got to tour the football stadium. So Oklahoma saying, well, hell yeah, our stadium's open to the public. So that's kind of eye-raising because that's technically a facility. Yeah. Now we're going to have the entire Oklahoma fan base run through that stadium because <laughs> that's what we're looking at here. So, uh, And I believe they had one of uh, LSU's key targets was also at the Oklahoma thing. So all of a sudden, Coach O was asked about this specifically. He didn't, he didn't want to call anyone out here, but it's pretty clear to me you know, he's probably singling out Georgia and Oklahoma with these comments. Let's kick it over to Coach O. Just, he, was, he was asked about this on Tuesday, and then we'll discuss it on the other end. Hey, Ed, uh, during this dead period, a lot of uh, – or some, some recruits are starting to take matters into their own hands, kind of go check out schools on their own, like yeah. regular high school students. Yeah. What do you think about that part of the process? And obviously – I'm sure it's a little hard to regulate, but what yeah. are, you guys, are you guys doing anything trying to encourage guys to check out campus if they can? Yeah, How you know, you, you know, we have not done that. Uh, obviously, we want to follow the rules. Uh, I'm not going to comment on the other stuff. Uh, let's see, let's see how the NCAA handle it, but I think it's getting, uh, it's pushing the line a little bit, but we'll see. All right, Shane, so if there's a loophole to be exposed, <laughs> it's going to be exposed in the SEC and Oklahoma. Certainly that's big-time football too, so oh, yeah. they're going to take advantage of that as well. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on that because, you know, I don't know if Coach O is just mad he didn't think of this, but it seems like, well, he, it seems like he's pretty uh, bothered by this, and it certainly sounds – I mean, he says, let's see how the NCAA handles it. That, that makes me think – that he picked up the phone call and, and contacted the NCAA this week, or someone did down there. You know what? And, and that's and that's the dirty workings, man. That's just uh, that's just the behind the scenes of recruitment. We all know it's dirty, and you're always looking for that loophole, that little that little piece of something that can separate you from the other teams. So kudos to Georgia and Oklahoma for finding it. I mean, I, I understand Coach O's upset, but they found a loophole. Now it's Coach O's exposed, and I'm sure he's not the only one. He's just the only one that's came out and talked about it. But I guarantee there are several colleges, several teams uh, that, that were recruiting these boys that have gotten to the NCAA, and it wouldn't surprise me if some sort of minor violation comes down and they shut this thing down. It never lets it, lets it happen. You know, this is 2020. All these kids got social media. You can't keep a secret. And so mm -hmm. if they're on campus and they're doing this, it, even though it, it's not – 
you know, being ran by the school or the, the coaching staff, it's still being orchestrated by them. The strings are still being pulled. This isn't something that the players are just like, oh, I have a great idea. No, this was planted, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, this this is going to probably be the last year you hear anything like that happening. Yeah, and, the, and that's how I think the word got out because they're sitting here posting all these videos and photos <laughs> and all of a sudden, the red flags are coming. Um, and, and Coach O's like, what the hell's going on over here? It's a dead period. <laughs> so that's something. I don't suspect much is going to come from this because, again, you have to prove something happened. Or, you know, maybe if there's a video of old Kirby at the steakhouse with these guys, that's a little bit different. But I don't yeah. anticipate you're going to see anything like that. And, hell, I, you know, I didn't want to single out Georgia here in Oklahoma because I know Tennessee recently had – or no, let's just, I, again. Let's just leave it. Let's, leave, <laughs> let's just leave it with Georgia and Oklahoma. <laughs> well, again, I, I've got to choose my words carefully here. That the school's not hosting them, but I know Five Star uh, Amarius Mims was on Tennessee's campus recently, and uh, I think Nyland Green, one of their top corner prospects, was on campus, but not brought by Tennessee or meeting with the staff or anything. But you know, I think this is. These are big time decisions, and a lot of these kids haven't been able to visit because of you know th- this things have been shut down since March. So on the on the flip side, you know when these guys are coming close to the decision, they have to visit these schools. What you say? And I just I keep thinking of like you know they 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 walk into this parking garage and there's Jeremy Pruitt like fifty yards away, you know, <laughs> with a street coat on and you know it's like like deep throat, you know it's just. Hey boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, I just, I, I, I th- like I said, I think this is all orchestrated obviously by the coaching staff. And, um, so apparently multiple schools have been doing it except for maybe everybody, but LSU has <laughs> been doing this thing and coach just figured it out. So, uh, yeah, this, this thing's going to stop pretty quick. All right. So, um, you know, sticking with LSU coach O beyond those comments, he had quite a bit to say, Uh, It sounds like Liam Shanahan, their transfer from Harvard, he's going to get a look at center, not officially the starter, but Coach O says that's, you know, currently if they played now, that would be their starter at center. So looking to have more success from the transfer market. But the big transfer that he went on and on about here on Tuesday, Jabril Cox, this is the guy they landed from North Dakota State. Of course, the uh, FCS powerhouse program i think they've won three national championships in a row mm-hmm. this guy was a two-time all-american at that level it sounds like the tigers are really fired up about jabril cox uh, again the arik gilbert hype continues to grow i mean he's saying yeah. apparently he smoked old stingley in practice one time oh. so that's something and then he talks about the running backs here and uh, there's something i really wanted to ask shane on the other side of this one what what do you see from him that makes him that great? Yeah. Obviously, all had great linebackers in the past. Mm-hmm. First of all, he came up with a great attitude. I mean, I said this morning, man, I haven't heard him say a word. Hey, coach, maybe if I say hello to him, but he's focused, razor sharp, he's always studying, very smart. He knows the defense. He's very fast. He's about, I think, Jarrell's about six three, about two twenty five, two thirty and can run, uh, can key diagnose. Obviously, he has a lot of experience of playing the position. Uh, he's, a, he's a physical tackle. He can key diagnose. He can shed blocks well. He can rush the passer well. He drops in covers. He's a complete linebacker. I mean, 
Uh, hey, Coach, uh, just to follow up on uh, Mr. Jabril Cox's statement, are you seeing on the field what you wanted out of him whenever you were seeking to get him to the, the purple and gold? What about him initially made you want him to be a Tiger? You know, first of all, he, he was an outstanding player at North Dakota State. They have a tremendous culture there. Uh, those guys win year in and year out, and uh, he's a great character young man. Uh, speaking to him on the phone, guys knew him. Uh, so he came highly recommended. Now, the thing I saw on film is a big linebacker that can run and hit and kick diagnose. I didn't know he was going to be that good. I think this guy is going to have an excellent year at LSU. He definitely is an SEC linebacker. Uh, obviously, he was overlooked in recruiting, but here's his shot. The thing I think that I like about most about Darrell is his maturity. I mean, he came in here focused. He was going to win the starting job and be a great player. Hey, Coach O, this is uh, Garland Gill again. Um, uh, I know you've talked a lot about uh, Avery Gilbert, and when we finally got to see video of him, he looks like a, a man's man. I mean, just a big dude. I know Derek Stingley Sr. said on off the bench this morning that he blew right by Derek on a, on a, a, on a route. Um, once you got him on campus and now you see him with pads on, yeah. what, what kind of dangerous weapon is this guy going to be? And He can play wide receiver, everything for, the, uh, for this team. You know, uh... Eric is the type of tight end we've been looking for to stretch the field. Yesterday, we ran a vertical route right up the field. He beat the Mike linebacker, touchdown. That's a dagger in the heart to the defense. But we can spread him out. He can play X. He can play Z. Uh, he's a good player. He's a physical player. Uh, 6'5", 251. We have red zone today. I mean, just like in the backyard of Salafouche, right? Just throw it out of the hoop, catch it, and touchdown, right? So there's a lot of things that he can do, but he's a tremendous young man. Uh, I was leaving the office on Sunday. He was coming to study tape on his own. Uh, very, very driven. I think he's going to be an excellent player for us. The thing I like about the tight end position is we switch the mindset of our tight ends or blockers. Our tight ends are now receivers. They can stretch the field. They're athletes, and they can block. Coach, I was curious about the running backs. Um, we saw Clyde and his versatility last year. Yeah. The thing that I wonder about the, the new guys is how much – how well are they doing the intangibles, whether it's yeah. the pass pro or mm -hmm. the decoy outs, you know, just those kinds of things. Yeah. You know, Clyde was special. But nobody knew at this time of year last year. You know what I'm saying? He had, he had to prove himself, and the minute he got better and better as the games went on. So I expect one of these guys, maybe not be the type of running back Clyde was because they're not built like him. But I think that they have a different skill set. Now, Chris Curry has been excellent, and he is a bull. Now, he can run, catch the ball out the backfield. Uh, Tyron Davis is a bull, can run, catch the ball out the backfield. John, John Emery is electric. He gets on the edge, and he can make you miss. He catches the ball well. So I think that all three of those guys have a different skill set. Are they going to be like Clyde? Probably not, but can we do the same things? Yes. I don't know if they can run that angle route as good as Clyde went, that little short angle route when they isolated on the linebacker. It's probably the best I've ever seen. Uh, but, you know, what? there are some different things that they can do. So no one saw Clyde Edwards-Alaire <laughs> coming, huh? I think we got to give Shane credit. We like to give him a hard time on the show. You know, his gambling picks were not stellar last year. But, hell, he was the only one that I know that was singing this kid's praises last year. Yeah. And he nailed it. So – uh, Coach O, not 100% right there. I was sold on Clydesdale 
uh, last spring when I watched them play, it was just he was involved in everything. It was not just running, it was passing. Kind of felt like I, I used to compare him to Sproles, you know, because that's mm-hmm. kind of the vibe he he gave when when I saw him out there with the Saints. And I was like, man, this is this is it. And you know, like you said, I I, I hit the nail on the head. I I missed a lot of things last year, Mike, but I did call old Clyde Still <laughs> right. And uh, I'm just curious, you know, he talked to a, he talked about a couple of running backs here. Who do you think fills that role next year? You know, that's interesting. I think it's going to be kind of a committee thing because I just don't know if any of these guys are, you know, Price is really good. And we all talked up John Emery this time last year. And that's not to say that he can't fill that role. But now we're talking a different animal here with a 10-game SEC slate. I think think it's going to be running back by committee down there. And that's a little concerning for me because if you did watch a lot of LSU, which we did – last year you know he was a he was a safety valve mm-hmm. for joe yeah he, he he was always looking downfield but knew exactly where clyde would be when he needed him and of course i've i've referenced that maybe that's gilbert's role maybe it's a more of a tight end mm-hmm. situation i i still think miles is going to have to have some sort of security blanket so I don't see too much of a committee. I think when they do find a guy, I think they're going to stick with him. And uh, I don't know. I just, I, I just honestly, I thought Emory was going to be the the dude, but I, I may be wrong. See, I think he's going to be more their big playback. Yeah. Of course, I mean, you, you <laughs> that's kind of cliche to say, but I just don't know if he's going to be your in in between the tackles type runner. I yeah. think that's going to be more Davis Price. So I think it's going to be kind of. By committee, and they've got the freshman he talked about was a couple of weeks ago. They're really high on, so I, yeah. I think they're going to rotate guys in and out there. And you know, you talk okay. about Gilbert, maybe I mean, a little hot hand, you know. Exactly. Um, I mean, my guy, they're talking about Gilbert has changed their thinking of the tight end position. So <laughs> the hype continues to grow. And then you know, on Cox, I just thought these were some outstanding comments, and all of a sudden LSU has become the new transfer you to get these kids and turn them into all Americans on the other side, hopefully. <laughs> well, speaking of Gilbert, uh, everybody's been hot. The hot train is getting out of hand, Mike. So uh, clearly I thought uh, our South Carolina boy, I thought Lloyd was going to be the, the freshman, mm-hmm. the freshman of the year. So oh, please, please I, don't crown Gilbert. At, we don't want him to get injured. Oh, Mike, but that's what I want to do. I've already, I, I've already done it. You can't take my pick. I was saying I'm going it first. With, I'm dub, I'm doubling with you. <laughs> I'm I'm hitching my wagon to your to your tractor, Mike. Yeah, I I think I think this is the is he the guy? I mean, is there any other freshman other than Gilbert right now you're more excited that you think right now will have more production? Uh, well, hell, I mean, they keep talking about this Alabama freshman quarterback Bryce Young, but I don't think so. I think it's going to be Gilbert for me. Yeah, I'm thinking so too, man. Okay, sorry. I didn't want to get <laughs> uh, – well, I mean, obviously I, I'm hearing a lot of Tennessee stuff. How about uh, down at Auburn, they got Tank. I mean, Tank could be that guy if he's the starting running back. God, what a name. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'm I'm going with Tank. I just name alone, Mike. <laughs> uh, it was it a was, Cavassier uh, smoke last year. I'm going Tank this year. <laughs> All right, uh, don't forget, guys, we're brought to you by mybookie.ag. New customers receive a 100% deposit match up to $1,000. 
If you sign up for mybookie.ag, so that means you put in 100 bucks, they'll match it, give you an extra 100 all the way up to 1000 You could possibly start with $2,000 as soon as today. If you sign up for mybookie.ag using the promo code THATSEC, that's T-H-A-T-S-E-C, head on over to mybookie.ag, thousands of uh, cross-sports, wagers, props, parlays, all that. Sign up now and bet with the best. Celebrate your victory. Winning season begins today only at mybookie.ag. And remember that promo code is that S-E-C-T-H-A-T-S-E-C. Head on over to mybookie.ag. All right, Shane, let's jump on down next to old Tuscaloosa. Roll Tide! Where uh, Nick Saban, you know, this is uh, one thing we've not really kind of talked about this offseason, but something we may have overlooked, the fact that, you know, for year and year, it just seems like they have a complete staff overhaul. I mean, everybody's taking yeah. their coaches and everything. Now this year, they bring back essentially the almost the entire coaching staff minus one guy, and, and the guy they, they got, they stole him away from Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I love it. This is the, this is the first time – yeah, first time Alabama's – I mean, think about all the coaches that have left Nick Saban since he's been down there, and he didn't have to deal with that. Now, there's a whole bunch of other stuff he did have to deal with here in the offseason, mm-hmm. but implementing a new system, getting these kids, you know, that maybe the Scott Cochran. I mean, that was a, that. I still think that's a that's a pretty big move. But as mm-hmm. far as coaching and implementing the playbook and stuff. I think these guys are going to be ready week one, probably more than anybody, not just because they're deep, but just because, like you said, the continuity of the the coaching staff. Yeah, and one thing we have hinted at, in addition to that, what Saban talked about is the motivation his team faces after failing to meet their goals. I mean, he kind of, you know, my God, they went 11-2, and won the Citrus Bowl. Mm-hmm. You'd think they went 2-10 and based on his comments mm-hmm. here. Um, and then, you know, we like to give Nick Saban a hard time. It's just because he owns all of us in the SEC. But I really do appreciate his experience and knowledge and kind of when he goes on a deep dive like he does here at the tail end of this clip on why football is so important to so many of us. I just thought these words rang really true. So uh, let's kick it over to Nick Saban. You guys have had times where you lost the national championship games and it's easy to use that last loss as a motivation you guys didn't end last season with a loss, but do you still want these guys to take a lot of lessons from, from last season and things that they can build on and improve on? I don't think there's any question about it. I mean, I, I me personally, I, I'm not pleased with the way, you know, we played last year. Uh, yeah, we had a lot of adversity as a team. We lost some good players with injuries, but there were other opportunities for other players to step up and be able to play. and. Uh, play with discipline, give better effort, play bit better in tangibles, play better together as team, uh, have better leadership on the team. Um, you know, I, I, I do not think that last year's team reflected the culture uh, of what we're trying to um, develop here, uh, what has made this program, you know, be as successful over time that it has been. Uh, and there's no question that we're trying to emphasize the pat- fact that we want to make sure we reestablish that culture, and it comes from the buy-in of every player to believe and trust in the things that we're asking them to do is going to help them have success, you know, individually as well as collectively as a team. 
Uh, Nick, the only position coach change you had this offseason was with Freddie Roach coming in. Just what has he brought to the team, A, and then B, just has it helped at all that you haven't had a ton of turnover in the coaching staff and trying to navigate some of the challenges of this offseason? Well, I don't think there's any question about it. The continuity has been a real asset for us this year. Uh, I'm excited about having Freddie Roach on the staff. I mean, he's an Alabama guy. He's got great energy and enthusiasm. He's very knowledgeable. He's got great pride in his performance in terms of what he's trying to do. The players respond to him really, really well. Um, so I, I think it's uh, very helpful to the chemistry of our staff to have you know, that kind of personality added to the defensive staff. Hey, Nick. Um... You return two very experienced running backs, uh, um, Najee Harris and Brian Robinson, along with Trey Sanders, who returns from a foot injury, um, along with some newcomers. Can you please talk about the running backs with the emphasis on Najee and Brian Robinson, please? Yeah, those two guys have done great. They've really worked hard. Uh, they've had great camps so far. Uh, Trey Sanders has done extremely well. Uh, the young guys have done really, really well. I see them all contributing. Um, and I think those guys can all have a role on our team. Uh, that's, that's an area of our team that I really like the depth. Um, I like the experience that we have with two seniors. Uh, and then there's some young guys that have some, you know, really, really good um, ability uh, to contribute. And, and these guys are all really good special teams players. And, you know, I, I think when you have depth at linebacker, running back, tight end, uh, skill positions, wide receiver, DB, uh, that really, really helps on special teams because those guys take up a lot of roles, you know, on special teams. And I think these guys are going to make a real contribution in all those areas as well. Yeah, Nick, apologies for the overly broad question here, but given how hard are trying to pull off this football season, what is it about college football that you think is so important to so many people? Well, I, I don't think, you know, we'd have 101,000 people coming to the games if it wasn't important to them. Um, I think a lot of people have a lot of pride, you know, in their institutions um, all over the Southeast Conference and all over the country. Uh, I think um, people love football in the Southeast. Um, I, I think whether it's high school football where you know, sort of, you know, that can be the social center of the community. Um, I know that sports tied our town together when I was growing up in, you know, Monongo, West Virginia. The last guy turned the lights out because everybody went to the game. Everybody went to the football game on Friday night. Everybody went to the basketball games. I mean, they closed the pool room. They closed MEFs where we used to play pinball and they played cards all night. All right, so they closed all those places because everybody went to the game. So. Why is that so important to people? They love sports. People identify with competition. Uh, a lot of the principles and values that make you a good player you know, in sports, whether it's uh, pride in performance, personal discipline, uh, your ability to sustain effort and toughness and persevere, overcome adversity. Um, and, you know, but it's been a part of our society since back in the Greek days. Um, so that's why it's important. Uh, now, is it more important than public safety? No, I don't think so. Uh, is there a way that we can do that and keep people safe? I think a lot of people are trying to do that. Uh, and if we can do that, I think you know we can play. Uh, if we can't do that, I think somebody will make a decision 
that maybe we shouldn't play. Uh, but I don't, I, I don't think that we should not try. Right? And I, I really uh, appreciate the fact that we have a lot of people out there working really hard. Because right? this is about the players. Right? When it comes, it's not about, we're, 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 it's not about everybody acts like, you know, we want to play for the money. We want to play for the players. I want to play for the players. We have a lot of guys on our team that can rate a lot of value for themselves by playing this season. Uh, and um, we can create a lot of value, and these guys have worked very hard to try to create and accomplish something as a team. Uh, so, you know, all those things to me are important to the players, and I want to play for the players. I, I know it's important to the fans. I love our fans. I love the way they support our team. They're a part of our team. Uh, we want them to continue to be a part of our team in whatever way that they can. I, but this is really about providing an opportunity for the players if we can do it in a safe way. All right, Shane. So I thought, I mean, he really hit the nail on the head here. And uh, I just liked everything he had to say right here. Yeah, no, I, I'm with I'm with Saban here. Of course, obviously, I, I'd love to see college football, but there's just so many things going on that, that can benefit these student athletes and give them the ability to not only showcase their talent, but Say, I mean, it could get them a lot of money. You know, somebody, Clyde, we were just talking about the millions of dollars he would have lost if he didn't get to play his senior year. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, there's just, there's a lot of kids at all these schools that are, they're, they're getting to showcase and probably even more than ever. Now, the fact that you don't have the big 10, the PAC 12, those guys ain't playing. There's, there's more spotlights on you. So I think this is really beneficial for the SEC. I think it's very beneficial for these players. And, uh, you know, I think we're going to see some stars. There's, there's this, it's just like this on every team, but there's, there's stars on these teams right now that you don't even know about. And then we're three or four weeks and we're saying, well, who the hell's this guy, you know? And mm -hmm. next thing you know, he's a second, he's a first round pick. And, uh, that's, that's what college football is all about. And that's what high school football, I mean, I'm listening to some of the, the mayor over there in Nashville thinking about shutting down high school. And, you know, there's, there's these kids that this is a decision that you're making. That's going to impact the rest of their lives. I played, I played football from the time I was in kindergarten to the, my senior year. And I cherished every moment of it. And I can't imagine what would go through some of these kids' minds if they didn't, if it got robbed from them, they didn't get to play their senior year. They, their last snap, they weren't anticipating. They were, they thought they had a whole nother year to go. I just, I can't imagine. Um, so yeah, football's bigger than, than just a game. I mean, it's a part of life. It's a part of culture. Uh, there's still, there's still cities shutting down when high schools kick it off. So mm -hmm. yeah, I, I love these comments. All right. Uh, Last stop here. Let's go down to Athens, where Georgia offensive coordinator Todd Munkin. I mean, my God, they got under the uh, you know the guard of secrecy here. There, they have to let the coordinator speak once a year here, down in Athens, kind of like they do at Alabama. It's a it's a special occasion when you get these coordinators on the record here. But uh, you know, Todd Munkin a little bit dry here, but hell, even he was ready to joke about. When he was asked about Nick Chubb and <laughs> if Chubb gave many advice on his way out the door in Cleveland, I just I'm wondering uh, before you left Cleveland, did you get did did you get a consultation with Nick Chubb before you uh, 
took this job, uh, and as kind of a joke, but I do wonder about your relationship with Chubb and maybe what he might have told you about Georgia. Well, not particularly because we've been fired and I wasn't allowed back in the building, so it was hard <laughs> to get that uh, that talk. Oh, yeah. How great was that, Gene? I was fired, Mike. <laughs> I mean, we didn't have a we didn't have a talk about where where George is at. I mean, just I love that. I love that. And now I'm just oh. thinking that he's you know. I don't, hopefully, this has not happened to anybody, but I've seen it before. You know, where they walk you out and they take your damn access card or what have you. They give you a couple minutes to grab all your stuff and then they kick your ass out the door. It sounds like that's what they did at Todd Munkin at right. Cleveland. They, they boxed him up, you know. <laughs> He's walking out. Can I just have one small conversation with Nick Chubb? Before I... No, get the hell out of here. Where's my parking pass? No, I, I, I think that's funny. But you know, he he said a lot of great comments. Did you play all of them? Yeah. Let's jump to that. So he talked okay. about. Uh, he was asked specifically. You know, what did Kirby say he wanted in this offense? Was you know, this is a big mystery. They won't even. You know, we know kind of what it's going to be, but. Well, we think we know, but no one really knows till it hits the field. So he was asked about that. He praised uh, both the quarterbacks here, Jamie Newman and JT Daniels. No surprise. And then I really like these comments on the offensive line with, we all know Sam Pittman's gone, but they brought in Matt Luke. So uh, Todd Monk is very impressed with his offensive line. When Kirby reached out to you and, and you talked about coming here, what did you two envision this Georgia offense looking like with you as coordinator, ideally? scoring points and not turning it over. I know that's really simple, but I mean, obviously that's, when we spoke about uh, his vision of the offense was certainly what I think every coach wants, which is uh, take advantage of your personnel, the players that you can recruit here at the University of Georgia, doing a great job in terms of uh, utilizing those people, putting them in the best position to be successful. Obviously, as coaches, we are paid to maximize our players' measurable skill sets. So that's probably the first and foremost is uh, the talent that we get here is finding a way every day to develop those players and then utilize their skill set to the best of their ability. Obviously, the most important part is moving the football and scoring points, whether that's running the football or throwing the football. But being explosive and not turning it over, it's a pretty simple game. Uh, I just wonder if you could just uh, assess the, the talent level you feel you have uh, in the quarterback room and ultimately – what this competition for starter will come down to? Well, I really like our guys. We've got a good number of players at that position, starting from, you know, a couple of transfers, as we all know about, and then some young players that are on a roster. So it's been fun to be in the room because they all very, uh, I don't want to say they're different in terms of their personalities, but uh, they all want to be really, really good players and they really want to work at it. There's never an issue in terms of, them understanding what you're trying to get accomplished offensively. So, you know, obviously the difficulty of not having spring ball and going through some of those practices, there's only so many things you can do in meetings without actually getting out there and things they can do on their own. So right now it's, it's an open competition. We're, we're looking at all of the players because they all have talent. And uh, so we're excited about uh, getting to scrimmage this Saturday and seeing where we're at. Hey Todd, thanks for doing this. Um, when you look at the quarterbacks who came in with Jamie and JT, how are they kind of different as far as their skill sets? And then how important is it to have an offense that uh, you won't notice any difference no matter who's at quarterback? Well, great question. And, and it's hard because it was only basically five days ago 
that we've, as a coaches, that we've been on the field with them throwing a football. I know that's hard to envision when you really think about it, that we have not been on the field with our players throwing a football till we started camp without having spring ball. Everything else is on their own when you have a football on the field. So that made it a little bit difficult. But the one thing I would say about Jamie is that he is, he is a better thrower. Um, everybody talked about his athleticism, but he's a better thrower than people think. And I think JT is a better athlete. So, you know, obviously there, there's film on both of those guys. Obviously uh, JT is a young player at, uh, at USC throwing the football and there's film of, of Jamie obviously running Wake Forest's offense uh, very efficiently. And uh, like I said, I think from the first five days, I think JT is a better athlete than, than we would have thought. And Jamie's a much better thrower. Hey Todd, um, the previous offensive line coach, like huge, big offensive linemen, what's your philosophy on the guys up front? Well, Mark, you're exactly right. Getting here, we, we got big guys. I mean, the good news is they're big and athletic. I mean, it's, it's like, I guess, every position, like big, fast, physical, smart, tough. I mean, it's, everybody's looking for the same guys. Obviously, uh, in this league, you have, to, you have to have guys that are able to, to move people up front and still be able to move their feet and be able to pass protect. And uh, it's a really, really good group. Obviously, we lost a number of players that either came out early or transferred, but it's not for a lack of, of talent. It's just a matter of reps, getting our guys in the right spots. But, but you're right. I mean, we have, we have good-looking players, as, as good as anywhere I've been in college. Um, it's, it's impressive, and I, I'm excited to see our, our players that continue to develop. All right, Shane. So, you know, it seems like he's very impressed with the guys he's got. I mean, he sounds like an AM Georgia fan here. We got the best quarterbacks. We got the best offensive line. The running backs looking good. Yeah, talented receivers, and I think that's what you want to hear if you're a Georgia fan. There's, there's no time for excuses. Absolutely, and I don't know if it was included in this clip, but he was really happy with the running backs too. So Zeus, he talked about he had a hell of an off season. So I can only imagine how big this guy's going to be when he comes back. You know, mm -hmm. so uh, it, he's excited, man. He's excited with the toys he has to work with down there, and. Uh, he should be pretty talented. Now that offensive line, they got big shoes to fill, but he seems very, very confident and that they're going to be ready. And, uh, sounds like they're deep. Um, I, I was a little intrigued by the quarterback comments, you know, uh, we, we talked a little bit about Newman's arm, you know, I always thought he had a, a hell of a deep ball, mm -hmm. but, uh, apparently he's seeing some other stuff in practice. He's really impressed. And, and he's saying JT's, uh, he's, uh, not a statue. He's athletic. So, uh, I, I'm just curious going into, uh, going into this season has JT got cleared. I guess apparently so. Right. Yeah, I've not really heard much about that. So, yeah, outside of Kirby, he was about, a, what, a week ago, said he wasn't. So I don't know how that's working out, but this could be, you know, this could be Munkin just kind of playing coy. It seems like the way it is down there in Athens, they don't want to reveal too much. But yeah. the, the way he said it, it's almost like we got a quarterback controversy down here, doesn't it? Yeah, and I, I think Newman's winning. Right. Of and course. I think I think it's his job until until JT or until he messes up, you mm -hmm. know. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's a loss or something like that, which I'm not going to try to put. I'm not trying to put that evil on you guys. I'm just saying that 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 may be what would what would it take to get Newman out. But uh, I think Newman's the guy. I mean, imagine being a Georgia fan, Shane, where you lose Jake from. Mm -hmm. Think you know, say what you will about him last year, not his best year, but. 
Now we got complete uncertainty behind him. Yeah. And then a couple months here later, we're like, well, this guy can win the Heisman running. This guy can win the Heisman throwing. <laughs> I mean, it's a hell of an option here for either way. And uh, the fact that uh, hopefully they push each other, it's just going to make the football team that much better. Absolutely. Do you like Newman for a Heisman candidate? No, I no. <laughs> I've said that many times, but hell, I'll, I'll be happy to be wrong for Georgia. But I just think that's you know I keep hearing the Joe Burrow comparison, but didn't they? Didn't they? How good was Joe Burrow his first year? You know, yeah. and he and he had all summer, all spring. I don't know. It's it's just completely different. It's it's unfair. We're gonna do this for the rest of the time, I guess. But anytime someone comes in, he's the next Joe Burrow. But yeah. I don't think there's ever gonna be another player that scores seventy touchdowns. You know what I mean? Like. Joe is Joe is so awesome because he's he's one of a kind. You know what? Right. Did they come out with updated odds for Heisman? Uh, they have, yeah. And 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 in the SEC, Jamie Newman's number two. Number one is oh. actually Miles Brennan. Miles Brennan. Oh, hey, Shane guy, right there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they huh? they know they heard you about uh, Clyde Edwards. They're jumping on your Miles Brennan as well. Who you like for Heisman right now? Who's your Who's your early candidate? Out of the SEC, yeah. Let's let's do this real quick. Who out of the SEC uh, top candidate would be who? Najee Harris. Oh, okay. I'm gonna say top candidate right now. <sighs> Jamie Newman. <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't know. I bite into it, man. He's coming out talking about the kid could throw and. That scares the shit out of you if you're an East fan, you know. If you mm-hmm. like, I just, I, I don't know. Uh, he's, I don't know. Arm, leg. The guy does. I mean, he, he, he has the, he has the mechanics. He can't throw it deep, you know. So this, this offense could be exciting. And with, if the offensive line's legit, this running back, you know, gets everybody in the box. I think some, some crazy things could happen down there, in Georgia. So I'm going to say Newman's my favorite. But dark horse in the SEC. Who do you got? You know, it's interesting because I don't really consider this guy a dark horse, but every time I see the odds, they clearly do. I'm going with Kyle Trask, Florida quarterback, because Ooh. I don't understand the disrespect he gets. Maybe, you know, people are enamored with Emory. I don't know. And, and you know, it's not, no disrespect to him, but Kyle Trask mm-hmm. is the best quarterback in the SEC, I think, heading into the season. So we got high hopes for Florida this year. Yeah. Really good quarterback. If he does some – Damage to the SEC, you know, hell, he wasn't even the starter this time last year. How good is he going to be with the full off season? Well, he's still going to have to, you know, earn, <laughs> earn the job, not get beat out. But uh, yeah. I think he's got, you know, more confidence he's ever had in his life, probably. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go dark horse on the same team that you've got the potential winner, and that's Trey Sanders. Mm. Go with me here, Mike. I just I've, I've been thinking about this kid a lot lately, and if you if you've watched the high, it's like every five years, four years, something like that. Alabama has a running back that just pops. It was Mark Ingram. It was uh, the tank. What's his name uh, up there? Henry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, killing it for the Titans. It's it's coming that time again, and I, I think that this is going to be a running back year. And don't get me wrong, I love Najee. I think Najee did everything they asked of him last year, but that's because Trey was hurt. Trey just offers so much more with that offense, with his hands, 
yeah, the the I mean he he could be a three down back. He's he's very I mean he's he's just a freak athlete. And unfortunately, we didn't get to see it last year. So I, I'm thinking Trey takes over down there at Bama, and uh, I think he's your I think he's your Heisman candidate. I got one more for you. Okay, and I don't think this is gonna be a stunner, but it'll probably be a stunner for this fan base that I'll say this. It's not that I necessarily think this is going to happen, but wouldn't be stunned if Bo Nix takes that next step with all the weapons he's got. Now, I think the critical factor at Auburn is that offensive line. How do they hold up with yeah. so many new faces? But if they unleash him, let him run more, because that, that's what they did kind of the tail end of the season. They let him run more, more effective. The whole offense was effective. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I could see... Bo Nix being a you know surprise player here. Okay, since since we're playing, Mike, we're playing this game. I'm going deep, deep dark horse here. A team that is going to throw for a million yards, KJ Costello. Mm. <laughs> I just think if they are able to upset a few teams along the way, uh, I mean you've you've heard them. Coach was just talking the other day. These these wide receivers, they've never seen the balls fly around this much, you know. This this is going to be a high flying offense, and it's going to be high flying from day one. And KJ knows exactly what the pirate is expecting. Uh I would not blow my mind if he leads the league in uh in yards, passing attempts, touchdowns, all that. All right, I got one more. Okay. <laughs> Not a surprise at all, but okay. we could be on the verge of – because we just don't know how the season's going to play out. You know, there's going to be players mm-hmm. that may have to play both ways or play a lot of special teams. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't stun me if old Derek Stingley is there at the end in the, at oh, the Heisman cool. Trophy presentation. This I mean, I think a lot of people could, you know, predict that, but you just got – you got me thinking. I mean, how great would that be to, like you said, a defensive guy? He's probably going to have to play special teams, maybe catch some touchdowns, but mm-hmm. I'd love to see that. Oh, man, that's a good one. No, that's a good one. Playing both ways, uh, you know, wouldn't even blow my mind if they put him out there on offense a little bit, kind of that Champ Bailey role, you know? Right. Uh, no, that's that's good. That's a, that's a solid one. I like it. What about a receiver? You going to go Chase? Is he your, is he your horse? I mean, he's so damn awesome. Yeah, I mean, he's... Yeah, I know. It's kind of hard to say not. I think he's only about eight touchdowns away from the SEC record. Yeah. And he's played two football seasons. (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) That's freaking crazy. Yeah, he's he's a... Okay, well, let's just... Let's let's keep it in Georgia. All right, Mike. If if I've got to pick... Okay, if I've got to pick a receiver, a dark horse, I'm going to go Mr. Pickens. I mean, I can't say Newman going to be throwing deep and, and not mention this guy because, dude, this guy's going to have more targets than probably any receiver in the conference, if you ask me. Uh, he's going, he's definitely going to be a focal piece. And, and uh, he's, you know, he can't take out that, that – he can't take out that aggression on Georgia State, uh, you know, cornerback. So he's going to have to do it with the <laughs> SEC secondaries. <laughs> well, Shane's got two Heisman winners from Georgia – I'm going to yeah. use your favorite line. Why don't we just crown him, Shane? Let's just crown him. <laughs> I don't know, man. You hear these coordinators? They sometimes they get you, they get you 
fired up because you you know what I'm saying I, I hear him I, every time I hear a coordinator he's he's never met a bad offense or bad defense that he's running so he's unlike the, the coaches the coaches usually do a good job of, of you know tampering expectations but these OCs and DCs they they come out and say oh boy they're excited so yeah I, I'm starting to buy into a little bit of that Georgia hype right now all right, Shane, I think we could spend all night running down the list of guys. We yeah. are going to be All-American, win the Heisman, be number one pick in the NFL draft. But I got to jump off here. I think Okay. you got anything else before we hop off? Uh, oh, yeah. One thing, Mike, mm-hmm. um, the uh, the YouTube channel. Um, Mike is I think Shane to- just discovered we had it. <laughs> yeah, I did. Well, I mean, I knew that we've got all these platforms and stuff, but – I didn't think about videos on YouTube, you know? mm-hmm. but but Mike has been uh, uploading. Uh, thanks to our, my brother, uh, he, you know, he said, "Hey, why don't we put these uh, practice clips up there?" So, you know, Mike gets his practice clips. He's putting them up there on the YouTube page, and that's that SEC podcast. So, um, I, I noticed we had some LSU, there was some Tennessee, uh, uh, a lot of clips on there. So, yeah, just bored during work something to look at so mm-hmm. uh, other than that mike if you've got an iphone or an apple product you know the drill try to get on there and give us a five-star rating and uh, we'll be sure to read that we'll be reading those friday shows so uh, you've got a couple of days to get your reviews in absolutely shane we really do appreciate each and every one of those that's why you know we take that extra step to send you guys a free koozie so uh, that really helps the show grow that's why we ask you to do that but That's going to do it for this one. Thanks for joining me, Shane. As always, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go Vols. What about Vol? What volunteer is going to win the Heisman? I was waiting for you to say Garantano. Shit, Mike. Come on. (laughs) I was born, but it wasn't yesterday, buddy. (laughs) 